0: guys, welcome to another episode of Get Up 10. I'm really excited to bring this conversation to you guys on Lust because it's something that I've been wanting to do for so long but have not been in the right space to do. And I especially want to drop this while we're still dealing with the pandemic because I know that um, the numbers of people that are watching pornography have like skyrocketed during the pandemic and so i wanted to speak to that because i don't know maybe that's something that you picked up or maybe this is something that you're struggling with and i want to encourage you guys to listen to this and listen to the end because we do give you some resources and some encouragement in the end but uh yeah and you might think well why do i need to listen to this discussion on sex or whatever but um when you think about it i just want to point out that uh lust and sexual appetites are very closely linked to discipline and self-control. And maybe you don't agree with our views on uh, the issues that we're going to speak on that all fall under the category of sexual sin or sex. However, I know that if you are wise, you know that self-discipline and self-control matter. And so if you can't agree with what we're saying, I want to encourage you to at least hear us out from that standpoint of just working on yourself and your self-discipline and your self-control. And so without further ado, I'm really excited to bring to you guys this conversation with my friend, Lisa Matthews, who is a licensed mental health counselor and founder of Flee to Be Free. Here it goes. Hey guys, so I'm super excited to record this conversation with my good friend, Lisa. I'm just going to throw in a shameless plug. Yes. (laughs) shameless plug when the world opens back up please go out and travel and go places and go to conferences because that's actually how i met her we met in 2018 in atlanta at pinky promise conference and now here we are and that is connection yes (laughs) awesome (laughs) So, lisa you are a licensed I have to say that word first <laughs> licensed mental health counselor and you're also the founder of flee to be free
1: yes yes so I'm a licensed mental health counselor I'm very happy to say that because that took about five years to accomplish <laughs> so I'm really grateful to God for um, him giving me the ability to um, make for that accomplishment and yes flee to be free um, that's just a ministry that you know, God gave me to start in 2017, um, that it just encourages people to flee from lust and pursue righteousness and holiness before the Lord. And so, yeah, that's me.
0: (laughs) In a nutshell, right? Like, super awesome. And I remember that your story, or at least flee to be free, really resonated with me. And I I had to make that correction, because I'm honestly still learning your story as we continue on in our friendship, our relationship. But, like, I didn't, in the beginning, I didn't know your story. I just heard about Free to Be Free, and it resonated with me because I think lust and like sexual sin is something that I have wrestled with for years. And so, there's so much freedom when you hear somebody else say, like, me too, or like, I know what you're going through. And, Correct me if I'm wrong, but "flee to be free" is not. I mean, it is about less if you want to use one word, but it also involves like pornography, right? Yes. Yeah, so
1: it involves anything that would be considered um, sexually immoral or in that department. So it would include, you know, fornication. So sex outside of the co- covenant of marriage. It would include pornography. It would include masturbation. It would include any type of practice or indulgence that we we would engage in that is not bringing god glory and it's not and is not exploring um that area in the way god would intend either prematurely or outside of the appropriate intention so i just wanted to speak about it from kind of those aspects and of course you know later on when we we talk more about my story you know my story is very may not be the same as your story or same as someone else's but I still felt like, based on what I went through, that it was enough for me to be able to share about it, as well as to encourage people to know that they can be free and they can overcome it. So that's why God wanted me to speak about it, because it's something that is not talked about a lot, especially in the body of Christ. And um, I wanted to just break that um, pattern of silence and just speak out about it and to just normalize the conversation, basically.
0: Yeah. And I really appreciate that because I completely agree with you. Like we do not have enough realistic, healthy conversations around sexual sin in the church. It's kind of just like, no, like don't do that. Like sex is for marriage. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of how I was raised to put it simply. Like my parents definitely had more in-depth conversations, but as a kid, like the part that sticks out is just don't do it until you're married. And Like, I, well, first of all, I just want to say, like, sexual sin and lust and all that kind of stuff is so, I can't think of the right way to say it, but the word that I want to use is bondage. Like, Mm -hmm. it's so binding, that's the word, (laughs) the right form of the word. Sexual sin is literally so binding, and I don't think we talk about that. I don't think people realize that because- Our society, our culture is so like hyper-sexualized and we all know, it. we all see it everywhere. Sex sells, we see it like, you can't scroll through social media without seeing somebody like bent over or half naked or like poking their butt out. And like, it's just everywhere. It's like, even I'm on Snapchat and I don't even get on Snapchat anymore. I really just have it for the filters. And I, I know Snapchat has changed over, time to have more of like a feed and like different stories and articles that you can look into and even just some of the pictures and headlines I see there I'm just like oh my gosh like I have a kid and like I don't know how I'm gonna like shield her from all this it's literally Mm -hmm. like impossible it's just everywhere and so that's why I really appreciate what it is that you're doing and I'm really looking forward to going deeper into this conversation so I don't know if you want to talk about your story because I feel like my st- I I want to piggyback off your story with my story because I think the interesting fact that even though you are passionate about freeing lust you're still a virgin but mm-hmm. I am not <laughs> and so mm-hmm. we have yeah <laughs> different ends of the spectrum and I want to touch on them both so yeah get into yeah I'll now.
1: definitely definitely share so um So for me, like, I know I did like a live on Instagram recently, just kind of talking and just sharing everything. But basically I remember from about six years old, I can remember, um, Finding a book that my mom had, and she was a nurse, so she had lots of books and material. And sometimes some of these books had, you know, pictures and images. And um, I remember finding a book one time and stumbling upon, you know, male and female anatomy. And it was just like, you know, pictures, you know, just drawn, not colored or anything, but just a regular back in the day book, you know, for nursing. And it would show, there were some images of sexual intercourse in the book. Now at that time, I'd never seen that image before. I'd never seen um, that, a picture of that. I did not really know what that was, but it did spark curiosity. And I kept looking at the book and, you know, I would often see it. I remember my mom, I think one time she saw me looking at the book and she kind of just said, that's not for you and put it away, you know? And that was kind of like the first time I was interested in seeing, you know, male, female bodies, nakedness, things of that nature, you know. And I think as a child, I started to have encounters with other children. So um, one was a family member and then some others were just people from school or children that I had met throughout my childhood where we would, like come together and talk about different things that were sexual either like I found some new information or they found new information and we would share together or we would explore each other's bodies and touching and rubbing against each other just things like that and that wouldn't even happen at school I grew up in when this was happening at school I was living in Jamaica I'm Jamaican so I, I did live in Jamaica for um um uh about maybe the first 10 years of my life back and forth um between Jamaica and the United States and this would happen in the girls bathroom you know and we would sneak off and do it like it was just this game or something but it was like this thing this curiosity and as I look back on it I realized you know we really had no clue what we were really doing um I feel like um I have a feeling like they were just like me and I was just like them that they had somehow stumbled upon something or someone showed them something or the same way I was experiencing it from them and they were simply just like, ooh, this is something that I know about. Let's try it or let's do it or let's touch touch here, touch there. And I, and I just feel like looking back on it, there was such ignorance, but I also realized how dangerous that was. And so I remember that would happen from about maybe like throughout maybe six to maybe eight years old at school. I also remember seeing pornographic material on TV for the first time when I was about eight. Um, and it was like a show called Melrose Place. I don't know if you guys, you remember that show, but there was a show called Melrose Place that used to come on TV. It was kind of like 90210, but just extra, extra inappropriate. Um, and I think, and I realized that this was, that was the show. And I saw like sexual, um, scenes at night once. And that was the introduction to seeing that on TV. And I think from that point and forward, that's when I ended up, falling slowly into pornography and slowly into masturbation. Um, And it just became a habit. And so it was more so the masturbation than the pornography because, you know, you, you don't always find time to, I wasn't always able to watch it, but I would always try to see it. And if I did see it, I would sneak watch it. You know, I always tell people, you know, when you have that remote back in the day, you could change between two channels with that one button, you know, my finger would be on that button, you know, just in case someone came in or just in case someone saw me watching it and it was just something i would sneak watch you know and and then and then the touching and all of that stuff and so this continued throughout my childhood um and this whole time i was raised in church this whole time um i'm a, we're in a christian home you know Um, and this was just like this section of my life that nobody knew about that I would just engage in, and um, this continued into my teenage years, you know, I think the pornography lessened a little bit as I got older, but the masturbation stayed, and I would read books that were erotic, and I would play games that had that content, and everything was basically perverted, basically, um, that I would somehow indulge in, Um, and I guess it wasn't until I got to about maybe 16 or 17 years old. I started to become a lot more involved in church in my youth department at church. Um, um, and I started having more encounters with God, encounters with the Holy Spirit. And um, I started to feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit in this area. And God was just saying, you know, this is, I'm not pleased with this. I want holiness. I want you to stop this. This is not what I want for you. And I wanted to stop it, you know, because I knew it wasn't right um, that I was doing those things. Um, and eventually I did confide in someone. I never told them what the struggle was, but I did tell them that I was struggling with a sin. that won't go away. And I need help. I need it to go away because at this point it was a very deep rooted um, habit. Um, and I didn't want it anymore. You know, I got, I was starting to get very desperate and he prayed for me and he, he said, you know, I believe that whatever it is, that you're going to be free from it. And it might, might be a couple years. It may be immediate, but just know that you will be free from this thing. And I believe that. And, I would always pray about it, but I would always fall into the habit again. Like even if I would have a couple of days of not watching or not self gratifying, I would somehow get bored or get vulnerable and do it again. And then I just got so frustrated because I just kind of felt like this thing is not leaving me, you know? And I think there was one point that I just got so completely desperate. I had just like messed up. And I, the house was empty. I was home alone. And I just went to my parents' room and nobody was home. And I just knelt on the floor crying. And I was like, God, I don't want this anymore. Please take it away. Take it away. And because I was so serious, I was so serious that I didn't want to struggle with it anymore. And, you know, slowly over time, you know, it became less and less. And it really is something where they say what you feed grows, you know, I felt like as I grew in God and I grew in seeking God in the word and in my environment and what I was um, choosing to no longer feed myself um, through what I see, what I watched, what I listened to, I felt like those types of urges and desires slowly started to um, uh, fade away. And I think the biggest change happened, um, maybe you know, right right before I started college, um, I I started to get rid of. Um, No, when I started college, I started getting rid of a lot of music and I just became very strict on what I was, you know, engaging in entertainment and I feel like from 18 years old, that was probably the last time that I watched any pornography or touched myself in that way. Um, And since then you know, it's been like an upward climb with God has just truly like stripped that away from me and delivered me completely. And do I have to stay vigilant? Absolutely. Do I still have triggers? Absolutely. Do I have to still not watch certain stuff? Absolutely. I have to stay away from a lot of things because I don't, once that door is closed, you don't want that door open again. And so that's kind of the nutshell. And through this whole time, I never had sex and some people are like, what? Because, you know, when they hear my they're like, how are you, how you this age? I'm like, well, to be honest, it's not like I've had lots of opportunity. <laughs> you know, I tell people I was just never in those situations. You know, I, I never I never had a lot of I never had boyfriends. I had to had like one boyfriend when I was a teenager. And that was it. Like, I just wasn't. I never had lots of relationships, um, so I never really found myself in the position where that would happen. You know what I mean? As opposed to being in the position and having to say no fifty times to guys, like that—that that wasn't my situation. So, it was probably—I just see it as a sparing of the Lord. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just kind of see it as his protection um, that I had not been in those situations to have to say no or to have to tell a guy no, or and so and that's how things have been, you know, and I think people assume if you're a virgin that you don't have the same urges and feelings as everybody else, and that's incorrect, you know, we have the same makeup, we have the same hormones, we have the same desires that are natural, and they're healthy, Um, but unfortunately, the way I um, executed those feelings was, were in secret, and through pornography, and through masturbation, but God, thankfully, praise God, um, delivered me from those things and so now I share my story and I talk about it because when I was growing when I was growing up I had no one to talk to about it and so that's my story basically in like a five minute six minute nutshell
0: <laughs> wow I literally have notes here but I can definitely relate to a lot of what you have said and I mm. guess I'll share some of my story so that we can make those connections and so, right like I remember having that innocent youthful curiosity as well my mom had a book on um, I think it was like childhood development and so again you do have those anatomy pictures in there as well and then I remember like being a little girl in kindergarten and because I my brother and I are only 18 months apart and so we pretty much grew we well, not pretty much grew up together. <laughs> we did grow up together. And as far as I can remember, he's always been a part of my life. And, you know, like when you have young kids, they don't know about private parts and girls and boys. And so, like, I remember as a little kid, like my brother, my mother would bathe, my brother and I together. And it was perfectly fine because we're young kids. But then when I got into school with other kids in kindergarten, I remember sitting at the lunch table and saying, oh, I know what you have down there. (laughs) You know, like it was some big thing and the boys were like, yeah, I know what you got down there too. Like, (laughs) I remember that. And then, um, but that didn't even really like distort my innocence. I feel like the real um, defining moment, quote unquote, um, was in middle school when my brother and I discovered my uncle's pornography stash under his bed and it was uh, an adult magazine and to this day I can pretty much still see the cover in my head and that really like shattered my innocence and and then being a middle school girl and always being a little bit boy crazy and always having this desire for a relationship when some guy came along and you know how young teenage boys are and even some Uh men honestly they'll just try to see what they can get away with and test your boundaries and so I did not have enough self I don't know where it is knowledge or I I didn't have the knowledge or boundaries or self-esteem to know that it's okay to say no and it's okay to tell somebody that they could go somewhere with their garbage
1: <laughs> Right. <laughs> like I would
0: now and so and I had that desire for relationship romantically and so I had my little eighth grade boyfriend and we had kissed and I remember he wanted I don't actually I don't know if he wanted pictures or conversation or whatever but either way he wanted something sexual from me And I felt like I needed to prove myself that I was not approved, that I have seen things and I know Mm. things, you know? And so that really led me on a downward spiral because it started with that, the conversations and then boom, here comes Apple and technology. And I have my, I didn't, my parents were like hesitant to give my siblings and I technology. So I didn't have a cell phone at an early age. But what I did have was, um, was oh, my little iPod. I'm like, what is it called? It's not an iPad. It's the mini version. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> we don't even use the iPods anymore. But what was it called? The iP- I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? The one that it wasn't a phone, but it pretty much could act as a phone. iPod. It or is an iPod. iPod? Yeah. Okay. The iPod touch. All right. <laughs> I had that and that was like, oh oh my gosh that was probably the worst thing ever for me (laughs) because as I got into high school and involved with more guys and I got attention from other guys that I I wanted that attention and when you don't know your worth or what you stand for you just fall for anything and so like Mm -hmm. I remember I got into a relationship with this guy and it was like (laughs) he was my first love and I felt like sexual favors is just like what you do and so we hadn't done anything physical per se because we barely even spent any time together because we were not even supposed to be dating we're like in eighth grade ninth grade <laughs> right. um, so most of our interactions were over the phone and so I would send in pictures and then um I think I think I was just like in my underwear sending pictures and then you know like one thing leads to another and so it went from pictures in my underwear to like topless pictures And, you know, where there's a will away, if somebody wants to do something, they will. And so I remember using, I didn't have a phone that was capable of sending pictures. And so I, I think I like took the pictures on my iPod and then I somehow got them to my, my friend who had an iPhone. And then from her phone, I sent him those pictures. I don't know if it was like via email or what, I don't even know, but I had like devised the whole scheme to get him these pictures. But then in my foolishness, I decided to like brag on it. And so I remember like texting my friend, like, oh, guess what I just did? Like, like, <laughs> I don't know why I felt the need to brag about this, but I mm. did and then didn't delete the messages about me bragging. So my mom went through my fa- through my phone and found out what I did. And then mm. my parents went into like, well, what if the pictures get out mode? And what if this happens? And so they had like reached out to my high school since I always attended private Christian schools to make them aware of the situation, just in case, God forbid, my pictures get out and I'm on the news and it brings bad publicity. I don't know, they had this whole elaborate scheme. And so my parents ended up telling my high school what I did. And then my high school ended up suspending me for violating their values and like their, how I don't know, is it code of ethics? I don't know. Yeah. But I actually got suspended over, over that and then I was heartbroken because this was supposed to be my first love and then he just like up and dipped and like and then his parents were trying to tell my parents that everything was my fault and that I was the crazy oh. girl that I was obsessed with their son and like he left me he didn't stand up for me <laughs> I was like so yeah. heartbroken i it's okay it's all like you know he and I are friends now <laughs> it's kind of funny and we like laugh at all of our old stupid Facebook statuses it's, we cannot delete fast enough because there's just too many mm-hmm. of them so we've given up at this point <laughs> it really yeah. wasn't like that puppy love but yeah I, I wish I could go back and like talk to my younger self but yeah and then like from him so remember like he and I we didn't we weren't in person too much we were um mostly over the phone but then I had a we had a mutual friend um, a guy that I went to high school with and then when I was going through my little heartbreak. Well, you know, there's like that saying, I won't say the full version, but something about like a shoulder to cry on. Mm-hmm. Gotta be careful about those shoulders to cry on. Well, yeah, right. homeboy became my shoulder to cry on. And then next thing you know, we are on the school bus in the morning on the way to school and my hands are in his pants. And and then I feel like that really started a trajectory of like then from manual sex to, oral sex, and I just kept making all these excuses, like, oh, well, it's not really sex, because my vagina is not involved, so it's not, we're not actually really doing anything, and then, like, he, that same individual told me, oh, you're not gonna last as a virgin in college, and I feel like that word, that word curse, like, manifested, because I, I don't know, I just, I will never forget when he said that, and that's, literally how it happened and and then I remember I before I went to college I got involved with another guy and again like we would do everything but like intercourse and um he was the one that actually like gave me the um pornography website that I would use up until earlier this year and that was just a downward spiral as well because I was aware of pornography and certain images but I didn't really have access to them especially because like your bigger porn websites like Pornhub you have to like pay for that or have a membership and I wasn't trying to do all that I'm just trying to see some stuff and so I didn't really know where to go for porn but then once I got involved with this guy he told me exactly where to go and for years that website was just like a cur, like a burden, and I would pray to God to forget it. And for a while, I would forget it, and then I would slip back into my sin and like get right back on it. For literally, I just finally stopped um, in 2020, and so there was just this like I don't know what to call it attachment to pornography.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and then. things get worse I go to college lose my virginity and also get introduced to masturbation because my boyfriend at the time had found not found he brought his mother's back massager to um the dorms because you know like we're college athletes and they're like you know massages are nice but he had the idea of like oh let's try this down there and Mm -hmm. I had never done that before but we tried it and then that awakened me to masturbation Mm -hmm. and so I I ended up like buying a vibrator in college and then when uh, the semester was over I I didn't want to bring that into my parents house and so then I I, like threw it out but I always that sensation is very addictive like it is absolutely what you grow what you feed grows it is the sexual like it is an appetite it is for sure Mm -hmm. an appetite and so once I was awakened to that it was like there was this desire like I just got to do it again oh my gosh like one more time or like it's just it was literally crazy and then like yeah so like at this point I'm like having sex I'm feeling super convicted because something about this just isn't it just does not feel right like I know how I was raised and I know what I was taught and this is not it and I just feel like I've kind of like failed and it just feels wrong and so I tried to like stop having sex but then my at the time boyfriend accused me that of getting it from somewhere else and then i feel like every single relationship that i got in after that even though my intentions weren't to not have sex um it ended up happening every single time because you really do have to create strict boundaries around this issue or it's not really even an issue around you have to create strict boundaries around sex otherwise it's so easy to slip into um, mm-hmm. sin or temptation or however you want to word it and so I just repeated this cycle of like here's a new guy I'm not gonna have sex next thing I know we're having sex and it would lead me to have breakdowns and especially mm-hmm. in 2019 when I was in a very angry space I just used I acted out promiscuously and I went from like having sex with like three people to like seven in the blink of an eye because I was just angry and I did not have good boundaries. And then you add in the masturbation and the pornography and so many nights of just in my room underneath the covers visiting that website like in shame. And then I obviously wasn't gonna keep on buying and throwing out vibrators And so, oh, I heard you can use your hands. Like, let me explore with that. Oh, I heard you can use a shower head. Let me explore with that. And it's like to the point where I can't even take a shower without wanting to masturbate Mm -hmm. because that desire is just so strong. And it's like, this is not good. Like, there's so much shame. Like, I remember coming out of my my parents' house, obviously I'm living in this whole entire time pretty much. And I remember, like, coming out the bathroom wondering, like, do they know what I was doing in there? Like, did did they, like, put two and two together? Like, and then, like, there's just so much shame. And, like, it's very, very addicting. And it's not easy to break. And this whole time, I'm, like, having this internal struggle because I don't want to be doing this. I know it's wrong. Like, I really do believe if you have to do something behind closed doors, you really need to ask yourself about that because you need to check your motives. Because I like to Mm -hmm. live as transparent as possible. So if I have to do something behind closed doors, I really need to, like, check about what's going on here. And so I remember just, like, feeling so much shame. Recording again. I had to grab my daughter, and I'm nursing her. So hopefully there will be a good audience here. Well, good thing she can't actually understand what we're talking about. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I just remember getting into... This, that cycle of like acts like shame and like acts the actions of whether whether I would hook up with somebody or watch pornography or just masturbate by myself or whatever and then feeling really bad about it and then praying about it and asking for forgiveness and then like you said a couple days later you get triggered you do it again and I feel like for so long I had been fighting this fight to really just quit for good and 2020 really did that for me. It's interesting because I actually got married in January of 2020 and still am legally married. Unfortunately I I will be getting a divorce but for now I'm still legally married and have now a little bit of marriage experience <laughs> mm-hmm. and so I can speak about that too because I did not give up that sexual sin before I entered my marriage and so it came right along with me you know I think that's mm-hmm. part of the lie that we tell ourselves like oh I'm just doing this until I get my husband then I won't have to do this anymore and
1: mm-hmm. that's
0: not true like you were still gonna have that desire again it's it's an appetite like you've been feeding it you're not just gonna quit cold turkey like at least Mm -hmm. that was not my experience and so I get married and then like I first of all I get married to somebody older with a lot more experience than me as far as sex goes and so that in itself created insecurity right there because it was just it was a hot mess and then I was actually we were actually separated a lot of the time because we were transitioning from New York to North Carolina so he was in New York a lot of the time and I was in North Carolina by myself a lot of the time and so then I would be lonely and angry and so my outlet became pornography and masturbation and so the cycle didn't even break because I got married as I foolishly thought it would and I remember what what it what really did it for me because I remember feeling so much shame of like, I bought a new house, a beautiful new home. And I felt like when I masturbated in my new home, I like tarnished it. Like I invited in an ungodly spirit. I just remember feeling that way. Like, I just feel like I just devalued my own home. And I it was, again, something I wasn't proud of, something I was still striving to break the habit of and then um when coronavirus started I was like oh no something is going on here in the spiritual realm like I don't know if this is the end times I don't know what is going on but I don't if if this is the end of the world if this is how I'm going out I need to get right with God (laughs) like that was pretty much my mentality and that that those type of thoughts helped me to get um back on track spiritually and take my walk with God to another level. And it really gave me the I don't know if courage is the right word or like I don't know, but that really did it for me. And I walked away for good from um sexual sin. <laughs> I have a cool host here. Um yeah I walked away for good so far. And I plan to <laughs> I plan to continue this for sure because like you said, once that door is closed, you do not want it open. And we both know mm-hmm. that from experience of closing the door, opening, and closing and open and closing. Like mm-hmm. I don't want that madness anymore. And I don't want that bondage anymore. Now that I'm free, like you don't understand how long I've wanted to have this conversation. And mm-hmm. I just felt like, well, like, who are you going to be talking about? Oh, don't watch porn and sexual sin. And you're out here behind closed doors doing it. And so I finally feel free enough to have this conversation and speak my truth. Because like I said, there's so much bondage linked to this. And I I don't think we always talk about that. <laughs> and I feel like I just said way more than <laughs> I intended to or thought. I would. And so I feel like this is more of like a co-hosted episode than an interview at this
1: point. It's okay. There are no main rules. You know, you you were trying (laughs) to
0: share your story
1: and you did that. And you know, you were very real and open about the things that you struggled with. And that's good. And that's good. I think that's where freedom that's where that freedom comes from, you know, in being honest about what happened and what the struggle was and being real about it and those are a lot of words in, in, in our stories that make people very uncomfortable. You know, um, there's a lot of words that we mentioned that, you know, we have to get used to talking about, not because we're glorifying it, but because we're calling it out, you know, like this is not okay. This is not okay. If that was used. That is not okay. Like we, we can't have the world be so free with just saying express yourself, you know, and all that and talking about this, 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 and that. And then we're like, oh, don't say that, no, no. Like we need to just be open, say it, call it out, rebuke the devil, renounce the sin and surrender it completely to God. So God through his Holy Spirit can do the work. And that's that's another thing, you know, I feel like there's a difference between, and I don't think you realize it until afterwards, but there's a difference between trying really hard in your own strength to do something or stop something than letting the holy spirit do it because when we realize that really anything that is like you can't try to um overcome flesh with flesh it's not going to happen you can't if your own will was was if if you if you, if, if our own will is is um broken when we make mistakes, make mistakes. We can't then use that same will that we're breaking every five minutes to then s- somehow like one day will be different. And our th- the same will that is faltering day after day is the same will that's gonna stop us from doing the same thing. No, it has to be something higher than that. It has to be something bigger than that. And that is the spirit of God. It's only by the Holy Spirit that these things can be broken. It's only the Holy Spirit that can bring true freedom from these things, you know, and I feel like when we recognize that and we can truly surrender our will to God and say, God, in my own accord, I cannot stop this thing, but by your spirit, you can help me. You can give me the self-control. You can help me to deny myself. And that's what it's about. But we, it's hard to deny flesh with flesh because the flesh wants what it wants. The flesh wants to be gratified the flesh wants that pleasure because god made that aspect of appetite to be fulfilled but not in the way that we do it you know you know the fact that we when we fulfill that and it's like mm, more that is a, a, an accurate feeling because that's how we should feel with our husband with our wife like you should want more because that's your man that's your that's your woman in the context of marriage so that should not be something we then have to deny in that context because it's something to be enjoyed and explored. But when it's outside of that and we've and, and we've already opened that door and then there's more, that's when you get into that cycle and that web and that, that, that treadmill that just keeps going and going because now we've awakened an appetite that now we're trying to continue to fulfill um, in a way that God never intended it to be fulfilled, um, which is why all those talks about just wait till marriage but what's 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 been the error though is not just wait till marriage but why why don't we bring teaching not just tell people no but okay you're telling people this is what the bible says but let's teach let's share some personal experience let's let's get into the practical side of things because when this generation wants to know why they're not going to just do what you say you know because you told them no no why this generation is a very in your face frank I do what I want kind of generation unfortunately you know we're a generation that doesn't have really walked by wisdom
0: but we're at least going
1: to educate people let's give them reasons let's give people insight from the word of God as to why he gives us warnings as to not do this what's the implication of xyz you know so people can understand and then they if they choose to make their own decision after that that's on them and they can never say they weren't told that they can never say they weren't taught they can never say that no one broke it down to them that no one was real and explained their own um experience to them but let's just give people a holistic view of this area and not just not talk about it because it's just what we've learned just to say you know just don't do it you know so um i just think it's healthy to discuss it and healthy to um you know just be open about our experiences, but also why holiness is the goal, you know, and it's not even, and that's why, and that's why I feel it's necessary to mention my virginity because people, you know, as you even mentioned too, anything, but, you know, people, we we grew up in a, in a time where it's like, well, I didn't have sex. So what's the deal, you know, but purity is not about sex or no sex purity is a posture before the, before the Lord. Chasteness is a posture before God. You know, holiness is, it's striving for holiness in mind, body, mind, body, and spirit. So it's not just like, oh, I didn't have sex, so I'm good. No, but we can totally be dishonoring God in our thought life. We could totally be be dishonoring God in what we're watching and what we're seeking to be entertained by we can totally be dishonoring god by the things that we say and the the things that we do even if we haven't had sex. and so it's not just sex. it's it's what is honoring god and what is not honoring god. and that and that's why it's bigger than sexual immorality. it's anything, you know. but fully to be free is about that, but it extends wider than that. but it's about pursuing righteousness, right standing with god. and so that it opens the it opens in room to explore explore our minds and explore our intentions with everything, not just in the area of sexual morality or lust, because you can lust
0: after anything, not just sex
1: or not things of just a sexual nature, but
0: yeah, girl. I am over here happy dancing. (laughs) Like, yes! And I totally agree with you because it's like, we can have WAP be one of the number one songs in the country, in the world, and we can have like, Half naked girls everywhere, and like music is, oh my gosh! Like if we just talk about how much music fuels, like the sexual appetite, like it's. But we don't. That's not alarming to us. We are not shocked by that. If you see a sex scene on TV, you're not like appalled by it. You know, it's pretty pretty much normalized at this point. But. Let somebody talk about masturbation or pornography, and it's just like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. It makes me uncomfortable. Like, oh, but WAP wasn't.
1: <laughs> like, no, 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 it is. You no, know it is. It's because people want to talk about it in the context that they feel is socially acceptable. So yeah. they're not going to want to talk about that stuff in church. But they're gonna go watch this movie and that movie and watch this semi-pornographic scene and watch this thing. And you know what? We've all been there. We've all been there when we've watched something we should not have watched, where we indulged in a song that probably was way, way, way more X-rated than we needed to be listening to. But we but we have to also recognize we have to hold ourselves accountable. You know, we can't just be like entertainment, so it's entertainment. No, but, but we have to recognize that if we say we are followers of Jesus Christ. We have to recognize what is it that he requires of me, and we have to hold ourselves accountable. And we can't just be slip and sliding with the culture and say, "Okay, well, this is just a movie." Yet yeah, it's a movie, but what is it? What are you feeding your spirit? Is it edifying you? How is that bringing you closer to God in any way? And it doesn't mean everything we do is going to be all gospel, and it doesn't mean that. But we still have to examine when we're watching something. You know, something may not be Christian, but it could still be inspirational. It could still be positive. It could still have a good message. And it doesn't mean you're always going to be able to avoid every swear word in the world because a lot of things do have some, but you do have to explore whether something should be watched. You know, like, is this something I should be watching? You know, is this something that I would feel comfortable watching with um, certain people here? You know what I mean? If the answer Mm -hmm. is no, then maybe not. And I do believe it is a walk with each individual because I do know that not everybody has the same convictions, but I do believe holiness is across the board. You know, Everyone may have different convictions about certain things, but I do believe that holiness is across the board. Jesus said that. That's not your pastor saying that. That's not your deacon saying that. That's Jesus. Jesus said, be holy as I am holy. And we're not striving to be perfect, but we know that he has empowered us through his Holy Spirit to live like him as much as possible. And so that also means that there's some stuff we have to say no to, and there's not everything we can watch, not everything we can do. And we have to not make allowances, you know, and it does sound extreme, but I realized to protect yourself, you got to be extreme. Sometimes it's going to sound really weird, but you have to be extreme sometimes to protect yourself because there's so much overstimulation with everything that's out there, um, battling for your attention and battling for your soul and your mind. And you have to protect yourself at all costs, you know, because it's really easy to get tied up in stuff again, especially when you know where you've been, the vigilance has to be 100. It has to be because that's the only way we can keep ourselves vigilant, you know, and some people assume like, okay, well, if I've overcome, then that means I'm okay. Well, you can be overcome, but God wants you to use wisdom, knowing where you've come from to say, okay, I've come from this How am I now going to realign myself and make changes to avoid even an inch of that being a a repeat in my life, you know? And so I feel that means we have to be very, we have to be vigilant about what we allow into our spirits and what we um, find ourselves entertained by. And I think that's a big thing that we all need to, um, you know, be aware of and be intentional about
0: in our day-by-day lives, for sure. That's literally... A huge thing and I really feel like there is no such thing as extreme when it comes to your boundaries because like I said, if you go into your boundaries all wishy washy, willy-nilly, it is what it is, your boundaries mm-hmm. are gonna get violated. And exactly. even me personally, I really have to be in tune with my spirit because like I just had this happen within the last couple of weeks. Like I went to go watch Grey's Anatomy like I always do. And there was like a sex scene and normally it's just like whatever like I might look away or I don't know whatever but it really affected me because I haven't had sex in a while and I knew like my spirit I can't I can't watch this right now and I had to turn it off but then there's been times where the spirit has told me you don't need to watch this and I watched anyways and not that it led to anything but just knowing that I was disobedient and like missed that opportunity to, like, mm. show God, like, hey, God, like, I trust you. That weighed on me more than anything. But also, I feel like it's really important to point out the fact that we are talking a lot about your spirit and your soul. Because that's, that's what this is really about. Society and culture wants us to believe that sex is just physical. And that is such a big mm-hmm. lie. And mm-hmm. when, you, when you say that it's just physical and when you put it out there like that, it really makes it's it's such a setup it's such a fallacy it's like oh my gosh It's i don't even know how to paint the picture but it's like Mm -hmm. such a disguise honestly because it's a life from satan yeah like if you can believe that that it's purely physical oh my gosh like you're gonna get blindsided when you got a soul tie and your attitude is messed up and you don't know why Or are you feeling shame and guilt and you don't know why? Because shame and guilt and feelings, those are not, that's not physical. That's definitely not physical. Mm -hmm. And like you said, I think it's important to recognize your triggers. Like for me, I was going to, I think, okay. So I heard like Steve Furtick say that um, most sin is a need met inappropriately. Something Mm -hmm. like that. And it really just touched me. And so like, like I told you, like, I I was lonely and I was angry, and so I would turn to pornography. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that is that I really was just desiring my husband, the one that God created me to be with. However, even though I had that desire, I did not satisfy it properly. I used a counterfeit. I used mm-hmm. like a fill, like a filler, honestly, mm-hmm. instead of the real thing. And so. Yeah in that moment it feels like oh yeah like I'm filling the void I'm taking care I'm itching the scratch or scratching the itch whatever but like you're really playing yourself you're really not because after you x out of that browser after you turn off that vibrator there's that void is still very much so there and I can't that was another thing that really helped me to stop indulging because I had to tell myself ginger every time you watch porn you literally do not feel any better after you never stopped watching porn and said, wow, that was really great. Wow. I really learned something new here. Like I've never felt that way. And so at, at, after a certain point, I had to tell myself, like, you know, you're not even going to feel better. You, what you want is to feel better, but you're actually not. So don't even, don't even bother. Don't even mm-hmm. try it. And so you're right. You can't, this is not an issue that you can just you can't beat flesh with flesh because this is not a flesh issue. It's so much deeper than that. And I really want to encourage people to look deeper, look underneath the surface, pull the sheets off, pull the covers off, turn the lights on because you think that you're just doing this to satisfy yourself physically, but you might have some trauma in some some areas for healing that you're just using sexual sin to just fill a void but really you're angry really you're lonely really you're sad really somebody touched you inappropriately as a child and you never dealt with that and so this is how you're acting out like it's really so much deeper than that and I think my whole thing with this discussion is not only to share our stories because they are very powerful but also to give somebody encouragement like Mm -hmm. what would you say to like teenage you or like if a teenage girl or young girl is listening to this or if a parent wants to maybe share this with their child like how would you encourage that teenager who doesn't really know what they're doing but is getting into some heavy things well
1: i would first tell them that the feelings they're having are normal like sexual feelings and urges are normal um and they're a part of how God created us, but I would just, I will first have them stop and just self-reflect, self-reflect on, you know, wh- why they think they, they're doing it, you know, sometimes people, is, is a matter of boredom, as you mentioned, but sometimes, as you said, it is, is it is due to a deeper, deeper need that they're having, and ultimately, You know, it is a big thing to try to conquer alone. And one thing I would say is um, try to find somebody that you can confide in that is older than you and that you see as a mentor. Someone you see as a mentor and that someone, you know, that you trust, that you can confide in to express what's going on. Um, I know that can be hard because as a child or a teenager, you know. Especially if you depending on your family life or the people that you have around, you may not necessarily feel as comfortable, but it doesn't have to be someone in your family. It could just be someone that you feel that is a safe another safe place for you that you can let them know that, hey, I, I, I'm doing this and I, I want to stop and I need help. And for me, even though I didn't go into details about what I needed help with, I had to speak to my pastor. I had to speak to my youth pastor about it and, and 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 just tell them there's something I was struggling with. I was I wasn't brave enough at the time to say what it was. <laughs> um, but I, I knew I needed prayer and I knew I needed someone who believed in me and believed in the God I believed in too. just pray for me and believe with me that I was that I I would be free from that thing. And so I would say, please don't feel like you have to be alone. Um, please don't feel like you have to talk to a family member. Just someone you feel safe enough to talk to. If you have a family member that you do feel safe enough, that's great. But sometimes based, I don't know, your home life or your situation, maybe you don't have that person in your family, but you may have other people that you feel safe enough to confide that to. And I would say, you know, talk to someone who's older, more mature, has lived life, you know, and just let them know and just know, don't feel um. I know it's a type of thing that can make you feel dirty and feel like, ugh, it's a horrible feeling. Like when you stop, when you not, when you do it and you don't want to do it and you feel bad, um, it's not a good feeling. But I just want you to know that God does not see you any different. God does not love you less. Is you know, does God want you to um, walk in holiness or righteousness? Yes, but God also knows that you know we we sin and we fall short. We all make mistakes and we all do things we shouldn't do. But just know that that does not change God's love for you. But God um, does want us to reflect and seek out help. Um, and so, this is what these kind of podcasts are for: is just to normalize the conversation and to create avenues where people can seek out help. You know, seek out assistance. I can only speak from a God um, from a Christian perspective because that's who I am. Um, I know not everyone who listens to this may be a Christian. Or um or have that same belief system. But what I will say is that if someone is not a Christian and this is something that they think is okay, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, God loves you no matter what you do. However, you know, I just want you to know that true fulfillment, true fulfillment cannot be found in any form of sensual pleasure. True fulfillment is found in Jesus Christ. And I um and there's a there's a there's an organization actually that I want to um, to 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 mention that is not necessarily a Christian based organization, but it talks about the the harmful effects of pornography using per people's personal experience, as well as facts and science It's called fight the new drug and even if someone is not a follower of Jesus Christ, if you still want information about how pornography is harmful, please check them out because they will give you facts and information about pornography being harmful. So this isn't just something that's a Christian telling you, oh, just because they follow the Bible, but there's there's there's, there's evidence to harmful effects of pornography. And so please check out Fight the New Drug if you want to read up a little bit more about what we're talking about and why pornography is, is dangerous and, and is harmful and then, you know, and then also check out, um, you know, what we're saying too, from a biblical perspective, but I know rec- everyone is necessarily a follower of Jesus Christ, but I just wanted to throw that out there.
0: Yeah. I don't even have too much to add to that. I love uh, Fight the New Drug. I've been following them for a couple years now as well, and they do give very factual information and um, just great insights from, like, so many different sources Mm -hmm. and I actually was just wearing my porn kills love shirt last week finally Mm -hmm. so I love fight the new dragon I definitely think that's a great resource as well Uh, I really don't have anything to say like I feel like you said it perfectly the only one thing that I just want to add as an encouragement is if this is something that you are struggling with or want to stop don't give up on yourself like God does not think any less of you because you start and stop and start and stop and start and stop. At the end of the day, what matters is that you keep on fighting the fight and don't give up on yourself and don't think less of yourself because God doesn't think less of you. And so be resilient. And if you slip up in today or tomorrow or in the next hour, or even after listening to this, please get right back up and say, you know what? I'm going to stop again. I'm going to quit again. Like, That is the biggest thing because I think that's what you hear in both of our stories. This isn't something we kicked overnight. We were persistent about it. And so just want to put that out there. But yeah, I feel like we said a lot. Well, I will not say we, I will give you your credit. (laughs) You definitely said- We both said a lot, girl. We both said a lot. (laughs) (laughs) This was just so powerful and I'm really excited to put this out there. So I don't know if you have any closing thoughts, but I'm good on my end. No, just, you know, just,
1: just let God do it, you know, trust God, you know, this is not a battle you can do on your own, and keep going, but invite God into it, you you don't, you're not alone, and there's no sin that he didn't pay for already, there's no sin that he didn't cover with his blood already, so just invite God into it, surrender it, and just keep, just know that his grace is sufficient every day for every new moment, every new day that you, that you're facing the challenge. Okay. And it's been a pleasure to be, to to talk with you today, Ginger. I really appreciate you inviting me to take part in this conversation.
0: No, thank you. Like I couldn't have done this any better than what we just did. So I'm super excited and super honored that you would even take time out of your day to record this conversation with me. So thank you.
1: And follow Fleet to be free, guys. We're yes. I'm a, we're a baby. We're growing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: follow Fleet to be free. Um, your Instagram is uh, Lisa M. Matthews. My Instagram is Ginger N. Fit and is in Nancy F. I. T. And I mean, I I won't volunteer you, but I'll volunteer myself. If you listen to this and you feel like, hey, I need to talk to somebody about this, feel free to slide in my DMs. Like I will get you through it. Well, God will get you through it, but I'll i'll help (laughs) awesome
1: awesome all right thank you all right take care girl bye